Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium and intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I am so excited today to have a guest and Instagram buddy, Marielle, who is a shaman, a beautiful spirit, a beautiful soul. We met probably about a year and a half ago through the Consciousness Collective, and I just so happened one day at work to tune into one of the lives that we have in that sacred space, and I caught a piece of Marielle's story, and I was just so drawn to her energy. I was so drawn to her story and we've become good friends since then through Instagram and just chatting and getting to know each other. So I'm really excited to have her on Spirit School. How are you doing, Marielle? Doing well. Happy to be here. Thank you. Very, very welcome. And yeah, so I guess if we could just start by you introducing yourself, like who you are, what you do, and then maybe we can tap a little bit more into the journey that you've gone through this past year and a half, I think it has been. Uh, yeah, well, it depends where you want me to start for that journey, but, um, yeah, just to give you some background on myself, I'm a shaman and healer and I do, um, I do a bunch of things like one-on-one sessions, but also I hold a lot of ceremonies, um, at my house in Sedona. I live part-time there and part-time in Southern California. I do retreats and basically, Everything that I do is based on removing what doesn't belong in your body, mind, spirit, you know, mind, body, and spirit, um, but from a soul level. So we really get to the root cause of whatever is going on. And it's usually like 99% of the time from a past life. But um, I would just say that's the difference between me and maybe like another healer is like we're really going back to the beginning and healing that from, you know, from like the very start. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, I said before in spirit school, um, I have never had a past life reading before. I've had a few snippets of past lives brought to me during like meditation, like when I'm, I'm doing that intending work myself, but I've always wanted to kind of have somebody else do some past life stuff on me. So we'll have to look into that after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <sure. session. laughs> cool. And then the way I introduced you, you know, thank you for being here and introducing yourself and I was like talking about you on my last episode. I was like, I really want to have this girl on who's gone through this incredible journey. I'm so inspired by her. And you've recently kicked cancer's ass. And I really kind of wanted to share a bit of your story with our listeners because I think that they will find it inspiring as well. Do you mind sharing that story with us? Yeah, of course. Um, So... I mean, it's pretty recent in October this past year, 2019. Um, I was just like laying in bed with watching Netflix with my, on my laptop. And I just kind of like was brushing my hair off of my boob and I felt this lump and I was like, okay, this doesn't seem good. Um, so the next day I just had gone to get, um, you know, a ultrasound and, Basically, um, my doctor was in LA because that's where I used to live, and um, I keep all my doctors there. And um, they had sent her the results, and she was just like, "This doesn't look good at all." And she's like, "You know, if you can get here 
um, tomorrow. Like I don't even work, but I will come in and like do a biopsy for you. So I was in Arizona actually. So I like literally just got in the car with my dog, drove to California, saw her the next day. And then the day after that, um, found out that I had triple negative breast cancer. And, um, so from there, you know, the, I was offered, um, or suggested, a treatment plan of double mastectomy with implant reconstruction plus um, chemotherapy for uh, six months, basically um, every week. And I, as an intuitive person, um, I was fine with the surgery because to me that makes sense. You know, like okay, look, let's get the tumor out. Uh, so that's logical to me. But as far as chemo goes, I, you know, I don't really, I don't take any medication like ever in my life. Um, and I'm allergic to all antibiotics except for one thing. So I'm just like really not into poisoning your body um, with that, in my opinion. So I basically had this vision that night um, of myself dying after um, getting treatment, like if I was to go down that path. And I guess like how it relates to what like you do and what you teach is that like that was a perfect time for me to really check in with my intuition and my guides and make these life or death um, decisions, you know, like I'm just so grateful that I have the ability and the knowledge to tap into that so that I could have them, you know, help direct me. And, um, so yeah, I did the month later, I did the double mastectomy with implant reconstruction surgery and I didn't do the chemo. And my doctor actually said I was like the only patient she's ever had who had declined it. Um, but I just want to heal naturally. So I have just not been doing anything like that has to do with Western medicine really in that regard. Um, and because the, this kind of cancer is the most aggressive, um, basically I am not in remission technically until three years um, because there is a 30% chance that it comes back in the next three years. And if it does, it's at stage four. And that's why she was saying that I was the only person who ever declined chemo because I guess that scares some people um, or most people. But again, like as a spiritual person, um, I am not scared of dying. And when I think when you take that out of the equation, you're able to make decisions from a different place. So, um, and also again, like I trust my intuition and I trust my guides and I'm just like, I don't regret the decision at all. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. You must have been terrified when you got the diagnosis or were you just okay because you're like, I'm just rolling with it because that's how you live your life. I honestly was more afraid of when she said like chemo because when I remember I was on the phone with her and she goes, oh, well, I hope it's not this. And I said, okay, why? What does that mean? Like surgery? And she was like, well, minimum surgery. And I was like, well, what else? Like that wasn't even on my radar. I'm like, well, what else am I going to have to do? And she was like chemo. And then that's when I was like, oh my God, no. And like the only time I really like, well, there was two times that I cried during this whole thing. One was that night when I was like contemplating chemo because I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I just, for some reason, like at first didn't think that maybe I had a choice. And then the second time was that I had to give my dog away for a little bit while um, after surgery. And I was just so upset because I wanted her to be there. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was, it's just weird, I guess, because what I've noticed is that um, I know, like, I'm not trying to say like I was never scared, but I just think it's less scary for the person it's happening to mm -hmm. than 
like having a loved one, like have it happen to them where like you have no control. Right. Yeah. You feel powerless. Absolutely. That makes total sense. Like I didn't feel powerless, but I feel like, yeah, like people, I feel like everyone around me was so upset and like, obviously I'm not like happy about it, but I feel like I had a better handle on it because it's me rather than like worrying about someone else. Yeah. So is your doctor like super impressed? Like, is she excited that you've decided to take this natural path and like everything's like working out so far or where does she stand with that now? Um, I think she, I mean, she's like, as a doctor, I don't think she's ever going to give me her like real opinion necessarily. Um, but you know, cause she's trying to be biased, but I mean, I think by her saying, um, you know, you're the only patient I had that has ever declined it. I think that was her just kind of saying that she was surprised Mm -hmm. and that letting me know that that's not the normal path. Um, you know, so, I mean, she never said like, you're making a mistake or I don't agree with you or like, how could you do that? She never said anything like that. Like she's been supportive. She just said, okay, well, if you're not going to do chemo, we need to go straight to surgery right now. So I was like, okay, then that's what I want to do. Yeah, definitely. And I feel too, since you've lived your whole life so naturally, that would just Mm -hmm. be a natural thing to decide without a doubt. And I, I couldn't say what I would decide in that situation, but I know that there's a quality of life situation as well. It's like, how do you want to live? Right. And from what I've seen, doesn't give you that, you know, oomph of life. (laughs) Right. No. And that's actually what made me, you know, decide what I decided because I am so into quality of life. And like, honestly, I'd rather have like one more like normal day of life and like die than like live forever and like not be able to like actually live, you know, like that's not living to me is if you are bedridden and you're sick and your body is like being pumped with like all of this stuff. Yeah, definitely. And so another question I had for you around this was, I I haven't talked about this experience on my podcast yet, but I had a near death experience in 2016 and I just want to know your perspective of being in this state of, you know, this, you're in the medical system a little bit, you're, you're facing something that's quite scary. Um, how did your spirituality work within those, those months of surgery and recovering? Did you find yourself more spiritually connected or did you find yourself taking a breather? Um, well, I, f- I still felt, I always feel spiritually connected. So, I mean, it, like, as far as that goes, like nothing, I guess maybe more, I think just, um, I was able to see things in a different perspective. Mm. Um, so like my whole perspective shifted, like the second I got the diagnosis, like you just kind of look at life differently all of a sudden. But, um, I would say that after surgery, like when you are pumped with like the pain, I I had to stay in the hospital for a few days and, you know, they were giving me painkillers. And once I got home, I didn't take them anymore. But when they were still all in my system, I mean, you're into, at least for me, my intuition was completely gone. I mean, it's so fogged up. Yeah. Um, very disconnected and it was just weird to me because I was like okay this is like I don't this is so weird experiencing life without that like extra you know of like guidance and um it was just weird like not being connected at all 
I agree. And I, I'm glad that we're talking about this. I'm covered in shivers. I've never talked about this with anyone before, but I was surprised when I was, I was so sick in hospital. I was in ICU. They didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was pregnant at the time. And I actually thought I was going to die and I wasn't scared. I was like, okay, well, this is how I go. I remember thinking that, but I remember thinking like, where are the angels? <laughs> like, like where, where's all these spirits that I've been talking to since I was like a little kid. I'd actually never felt disconnected before that moment in my life. And I, I didn't think like, woe was me. I'm disconnected. Where is everybody? It was more of like an observation. And even after my recovery for quite a bit after maybe three or four months after, like I didn't feel spirit all around me. I didn't feel connected to my intuition at all. I actually didn't do any readings. I took some months off. And so I was kind of just fascinating needed to hear another spiritual teacher or somebody who's in the spiritual work, like what they experienced after something like that too. And I guess my takeaway from that experience was like, well, I signed up for a real human experience and here I had it. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. So how long was it before? Cause I followed your whole journey. So I know some of this, I, there wasn't a, an Instagram post I missed. I was so um, invested in your journey and I was just like wanting you to know the whole time. I'm like, I'm rooting for you. You're doing amazing. I mean, it was just so inspiring to watch and you updating us all too about the recovery. You're like, I've been off pain meds for X amount of time. I'm doing great. Like you, you probably don't even know the effect that you've had on people watching your story because there are people who are facing health issues who would have found so much comfort and inspiration from you sharing all that. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. I mean, obviously like, yeah, I don't know like how much of an impact I made, but I just know that some people, well, I mean, I've, I appreciated everyone's support, like including you, you know, it was so nice that everyone really came together as a community and was supporting me. Cause I like, I mean, I wasn't not expecting it, but it wasn't like on my radar at all. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but I did get messages from people like on Instagram and stuff, some of them saying that they were diagnosed with the same thing and they were asking me like what they should do. Mm. And I didn't like, I was really like surprised and like scared that they were asking me. Cause I was kind of like, okay, well I shouldn't be deciding your um, treatment here. You know, like, they, like, I mean, I'm happy to give my opinion, you know, but um, it made me see how uninformed and how, like little research a lot of people do and that like goes back to how my doctor was saying that I was the only person who didn't do chemo um, because I mean I feel like people just think that they have to do these things or that they're so scared into it and they don't do the research to figure out like all of the details and um, you know my doctor when I saw the oncologist which was like the other the doctor for chemo specifically like I said I would hear her out and I said to her you know like well what you know, percentage does the, the chemo um, decrease me specifically for like getting rid of it? And she was like 12%. Mm. So for me, I was like, you know, to do something for 12%, like, no, that's like nothing. Um, and when I told my doctor, she was like, oh, well, that's a lot because the national average that people do it is at 3%. Oh. So I'm like, that just is so shocking to me. And I feel like that's, but so when some of the people were messaging me, I said to them, well, what percentage do they give you that would decrease it? And like, you know, I was asking them all these questions and they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you should ask these questions. I mean, it's your diagnosis. Like you're, you know, like you need to know these things. And so that was just like, I was just baffled that a lot of people don't 
you know, question it and maybe I question it too much, but I mean, I'd rather do that and like be informed. Yeah, no, I, I definitely back in the day was not somebody who questioned anything. It was literally like, sure. I mean, the doctors know best. And that's where I was even before my awakening when I was 31, I literally just did whatever the doctor said. Now that I'm more spiritually aware and I feel more sovereign in this experience, I definitely would start to do more research, but I can kind of see both sides for sure. But that would be kind of nerve wracking having people message you kind of saying what do I do in this situation but oh for sure I mean even when I've done some readings I've had people sit down saying to me like do I leave my husband I'm like oh my god like (laughs) this is like a a big decision I don't think you want to give that to me do you like uh, I I can totally understand the pressure there and um you know Maya Angelou says I love this quote she told Oprah she said you know you will never know your legacy. You will never know the impact that you made on other people. And I just trust, and I know because you've inspired the pants off of me. I just know that you inspired so many people with you just sharing your journey. And I remember you saying something else too. I remember, cause I've never done too much mindset work. You know, I've kind of just fly by the seat of my pants. I like live off emotions. And then I remember you saying something in your stories around like, Oh, I don't even let my mind go there. Like, I just remember thinking like, she has such a strong mindset. How did you get that strong mindset? Uh, well, I guess it started when I was 21. I was like, well, when I was 21 is like I graduated college and I learned about the like positive, just the concept of positive thinking. <laughs> like I always just kind of thought like before that, that like things just happen to us and we go along in life and like whatever happens, happens. But I had gone through like this really bad breakup at the time and I was seeing this therapist and she recommended um, Louise Hayes, um, You Can Heal Your Life book. Mm. And so I never heard of her before at that time. And so I read it and it just was like, oh my God, wait. So like the things I think, like I'm going to attract and like, you know, it was just like mind blowing to me. And so I guess it kind of started as a coping mechanism, honestly, of positive thinking. But then I started to like make vision boards and do all these things with, you know, that kind of mindset and manifesting and all the things started coming true. And so like just from doing it all the time, it just became the way I think. And now, you know, it's like, I don't even try. I just kind of like have a positive attitude or at least I try to. Yeah. And you sure do. I remember thinking, I'm like, man, I want to study mindset like that. And I have Louise Hay's book on my bedside table. It's one of three books I have on my bedside table all the time, but I will admit (laughs) I'm a flipper through it. I have not read the thing cover to cover. I'm just like, oh, my foot hurts. I'm like, what's going on? quickly scan and look it up but I'm like man so many people I admire got like their awakening through that book that one book so many spiritual teachers a devotion that I am going to be reading this book in May (laughs) you can do it (laughs) I will do it I will do it and now before I transition over to you. I really want to know more about your spiritual development and how you landed on shamanism as your kind of connection, your way of living, your way of being in the way of serving the world of spirit. But um, where are you at in your healing journey now? And is there anything else you want to say about, um, you know, the journey you've been on since October of last year? Yeah. Um, so the implants are like the newest <laughs> update. So um, like I said, I had implant 
um, implants put in when I had the double mastectomy at the same time. And um, a month and a half after that, I started to feel like I was dying basically. Um, like everything in my body just felt like it was shutting down. Like every day would be a new problem. And it was like every specific system, like the nervous system, the digestive system, everything started to have a problem. And um, it got to the point where like I couldn't get out of bed. And like I said, I mean, like I had turned down chemo because I thought, you know, quality of life. So I'm like, why did I turn that down if now I can't even get out of bed, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I intuitively did think that it was the implants because, you know, just kind of even process of elimination, like before, like I'm 32 now. So like for 32 years, I, you know, have no problems and not on any medication, like nothing like that. And then I have the surgery and implants put in and then all of a sudden this happens. So it's kind of like, well, the only thing that's changed is I got implants. So I was kind of like, I really think that that's what is causing all these things. And um, so I just, you know, really didn't know how to solve it because, you know, you don't want to just get them out immediately and jump to that conclusion. Um, so I had told my plastic surgeon and he is a huge advocate for breast implant illness and he believes in that. And um, he told me to go to a naturopath to get, you know, specific tests done and to just go to my regular doctor to get like a, you know, blood panel just so that we can see some, some markers. And when I went to my regular doctor, I told her about like all of the symptoms and what I thought. And she was like, okay, it's not that I think you're crazy, but how about you go on Prozac? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is like the problem um, with some Western medicine is that, you know, it's so black and white and, you know, like I don't need Prozac um, for these problems. <laughs> like I, that's not it at all. So, um, but anyway, the naturopath, she was really great and understanding. And I mean, I found out so much information from all of those tests, but basically all the tests were showing that I was having all these different issues with like all different systems in my body. And, um, I think for breast implant illness, there's like 75 symptoms you can have. And like basically a lot of them that came out were some of those symptoms. And um, like on my blood test, one of the markers was that I was like one one number away from having lupus and one marker away from having a gallbladder problem. And like those two things are like really big um, symptoms of breast implant illness. And because basically they're like toxic and your body is trying to like fight this toxic thing, you know, that's in your body. Um, but it was just getting so bad. And then actually like to tie into the spiritual part. So my friend who is a psychic in Sedona, I had called her one day and I was like, I can't take it anymore. Like, you know, cause she's really good intuitive. So I was like, can you please just like pull some cards and let me know if you think this is the implants because like, I don't even know where to go from here. Like I can't get out of bed and I will do like whatever it takes to just get, you know, rid of this. I need to know. And so she, it turns out that like, so I had, um, some like trauma go on with like some family stuff right after my surgery. And she said that I was like that was like stopping me from healing because all of that trauma happened um, like the second I was starting the healing process. So it kind of interrupted that. And I was like, well, what do I do? Like I'll do anything at this point to get rid of it. And so she told me a bunch of like different journaling things and, um, you know, just a bunch of different things to do and like a little ceremony. And so I did all of it. And within like 48 hours, all of those symptoms were almost gone. Wow. Um, and a week later, 
they were like pretty much all gone. And, um, you know, after that I was like, okay, well that's kind of like, I mean, I believed it, but it was just so crazy how it just happened. Um, like that. But after that I did start to develop pain, um, on the right side again, but like physical pain. And, um, I went to the doctor and it turns out that there is scar tissue that is encapsulating the implant. And when that happens, it could pop them. And in general, like you have to have a surgery. So I was like, if if I'm going to have a surgery, then I just want them out because I don't want to keep having surgeries. You know, I'd rather just do like the pass, the path of like least complications. And, um, I still have just a few of those symptoms, um, of the breast implant illness symptoms, but overall I just felt like it's one thing after the next and that, you know, they should be out. And, um, when I had my session with you, which was amazing, um, you brought up this really good point. Um, where you were saying that I wanted to heal naturally, which is true. And that having these implants like goes against the vibration of like what I'm trying to do. And I think that that's also why like my system is rejecting it because it's really not what I wanted from the beginning. So in a month I'm getting them out. Yeah. And how are you feeling about that decision? Good. Um, I feel like totally confident about it. I mean, the only thing I'm dreading is the actual surgery itself. But other than that, I do feel really good about it because I never cared about like, you know, having big boobs or anything and I never have had them. Um, so I just feel like that doesn't define me. And also if this can show people too, you know, that they don't need to be defined by their body like this, um, you know, that like you'll still be okay. And it's really just like all about inner beauty and Um, I just feel like you should do what makes you feel good on the inside rather than like what makes you look good. hundred percent. And I'm so proud of you. And I know that you're going to be inspiring so many people on this journey and they're going to almost get like a permission slip that everyone's kind of looking for. Even people like reaching out to you, they're just looking for permission slips. And I feel like you're just going to be like a trailblazer and just so inspirational for so many people who are facing very similar experiences. So my hands just like up to you and I can't believe that they just wanted to prescribe you Prozac. Like that's so angering. It's so angering. I know it it really. Yeah. And you just kind of have to be what I've realized this whole process is you really just have to be your own doctor. (laughs) And I mean, I'm so grateful that I'm intuitive because I don't know how much ever already did a bunch of research, but I don't know how much more I'd have to do if I wasn't like connected to my guides and everything. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, I will be thinking of you in a month. I thank you so much for sharing this part of your journey. I just know it's going to help so many people and I can't wait to see where this whole journey leads you. I think it's going to be to big, big places. Um, I see big stages. I just think like you're going to be helping so many people and yeah, I'm very happy for you that you you've taken this journey kind of by the balls and you're like this is my journey I'm doing this my way and yeah thank you yeah I appreciate that oh you're very welcome and if you want to follow her journey it's always intuitive with two l's on instagram and at the end I'll get you to drop your website and everything else but I just really want people to like follow you and see what you're all about because you're great energy 
Um, love your stories, love your posts, love your podcast. So very exciting. Now I want to kind of tap into your journey to shamanism. When did you like awaken to spiritual gifts? Was it that Louise Hay book in college? And then what led you to this path to become a shaman? Um, so it wasn't the book. I, well, I've just always been intuitive my whole life and I've always just like received, um, messages. Like in the beginning, it was just through dreams. Like when I was little, I would just have dreams about like people who knew someone who passed away and it would be a message for them and I would tell them, but it really scared me. And, um, when I was 16, I had my first reading done by a medium and, um, you know, she said like, you're going to be like doing what I'm doing. And I was like, um, no, because this like scares me. So like never. <laughs> um, and then I just kind of kept like squashing it, I guess, because it just did scare me. And I do think that like the uh, messages always came in dreams because that would be like the least scary way that I could accept it. Um, so that was always just like in the background. And then, um, you know, I, didn't like I was in the corporate world. I used to be a journalist covering business news and then um that was unfulfilling. And then later on in my mid twenties, um, I started a fitness clothing company that actually had to do with like po all about positive thinking. So that was like a better transition for me because it was like getting closer to what I like to do. And then right before my 30th birthday, um, that's really when I had my awakening um, because all of a sudden I kind of felt unfulfilled from my clothing business. And I was like, well, now what do I do? Because like I always thought I was going to do that forever. And um, all of my intuitive gifts, it was just all of a sudden amplified. Like I would just be out with friends and I would all of a sudden get all these downloads about them. And same with like other like strangers and stuff. Like I had like no like intuitive boundaries, I guess. And I didn't want to know like all this information like by any means. Um, so it was just getting really strong. And then two months before my, I think it was two months before my 30th birthday, my friend invited me to a sound bath and I had never been to one before and I'd never even heard of it. Uh, but I was like, yeah, like that sounds relaxing from what she described. So I went and the second that the instructor started playing um, the the music, like my heart started racing and I just knew I was about to have some sort of like weird spiritual experience. And so I closed my eyes and I ended up having all of these, what I know now was like different past life, like soul return visions. And some of them were me dying. Some of them were like Native American times, but they were so intense and I was like crying. It was just so crazy. And, um, this woman that I knew at the time who was a shaman, which I don't even know what that was really, but I messaged her and I was like, I feel like if anyone will know what this means, it's you. Like, can you just tell me like what's going on? And she was like, you're supposed to be doing what I'm doing. And that's why you had all these visions is because like, they're trying to tell you to go on this path. And I was like, but I don't even know what you do. Um, and so she said, you know, just take some workshops in it. And she's like, because you were a shaman for so many lifetimes. So she's like, you already know it. It's just about remembering it. So she was like, just take some workshops, see if it resonates with you and, you know, then get back to me. And so I'm like, all right, I guess I have nothing to lose. So I started taking some workshops and I was like, okay, this makes total sense. And it did seem like so familiar. And then from there, it just kind of like, flowed and I really liked it. And then when I started, you know, the business and doing that, it's just everything was so much 
easier and like I'm not saying like my life is perfect but like everything flowed so much better than when I was doing something that I wasn't really truly aligned with and that wasn't my sole purpose wow okay I have so many questions I like need to kind of know where to start (laughs) and I'm so excited to talk to you about this we have very scary similar paths like very scary similar it's so funny so like I had my first reading with a medium when I was 17 and she also said I will be getting readings from you one day I was like there is no way like I think I was like literally arrested like the year before and I was like angels are not going to talk to me trust me (laughs) like I was such a bad kid I was such a bad teenager um just experiencing life to the max we can call it how about that but I didn't actually have my awakening coming into this path I was 31 isn't that funny? Yeah. And it was very similar where I went and saw, I went to a demonstration of mediumship and I was like, Oh, this is like what I used to see on TV. And then I ended up taking some classes with that teacher. And then now here I am seven years later. And so, so fascinating, very similar path, very similar timing. Um, so really cool, really cool. And I also spent time in the corporate world and I felt completely out of alignment there, but I will say the benefit, I don't think I'd be as confident today if I hadn't had those seven years in corporate, I think my experience there really showed me what I was capable of because I always mm-hmm. felt, you know, not, not smart. I always felt, um, not good enough in the corporate world. I kind of rocked it. So i it kind of built confidence in me. I was like, Holy, I am smart. I can do all these things. And, uh, anyway, so there's very similar, um, experiences. I didn't know that you were a journalist before too. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so question I have Now, a lot of the people who listen to the podcast, and I'm also thinking on my beginning years, so you take these shamanism classes, you're definitely drawn, you feel aligned to this path. Like, when do you start working for the public and how was that process kind of coming out of the closet to your friends, to your family? Like, what was that process for you? Um... Well, when I told, I mean, like all of my close friends, like they were just like, okay, amazing. Like they were all about it. But some of my friends that I would say I was on the fence about that I didn't really like that I already felt like I wanted to get rid of, they like really judged me. And that was just kind of like taking care of that, you know, because they're not in my life anymore and they didn't understand. So, I mean, I definitely got rid of a lot of people, um, you know, because like we weren't agreeing on that and they were being like very judgy but I mean clearing those people out makes space for the people that are aligned you know with you um so that's what happened with the people and as far as the classes the very first class I took so like when I the foundation that I went to there's just like a million different courses and you can take whatever you want it's not like I mean there's the beginning one but after that you know it's kind of like you pick and um the first course the um teacher she said if you want to do this as like a business like there are I think it was like four or six classes she was like I would just recommend taking like these four or six so I did that like within the year and then and I just started like I just made an Instagram and I'm like all right I'm just gonna start promoting this and not even like promoting like I never said like hey like come buy this or buy a session I never even did that I just put it up and um, kind of saw that when you're supposed to be doing something, you know, like the universe will provide and spirit will bring people to you. So like in the beginning I did have like one session a week with someone and it was like to, you know, kind of like train me, um, and to like give me what I needed at that time. And then it progressed from there. 
Yeah. I love that. So you've had it for a couple of years now and you're full time with it. And um, mm-hmm. I, so I have some other questions and I know the people who are into shamanism are probably going to roll their eyes at me, but I'm going to take this opportunity to ask my questions <laughs> because I know that other people will probably have the same mindset as me, but I did do a one year shamanic immersion program with a local shaman here in Squamish. Um, she's since moved on to another location and here's, Here's the question that I have, because I wonder, because I know shamanism is one of the oldest and most ancient forms of like spiritual studies, of spiritual practitioner. Every culture in the world I know has a form of shamanism weaved into its, its, its lineage, into its heritage. Now, what I found with shamanism, and I'm wondering if this is the same for you, is I'm, I'm used to working with angel energy. I'm used to working with heaven energy. And our teacher kept asking us to go to like these underworlds, to go beneath the earth, to go low. Is it, is it the same with the shamanism that you studied? Yeah. So like I don't work with angel realms at all. Um, I do work with like a bunch of, I mean, I have like my like I can communicate with like people who passed over. So I have like, you know, like my family members that I consult with, like in that regard. But um, as far as shamanism goes, yeah, I do have these um, like transcended spirits and it's, you know, they're animals, (laughs) most of them. So yeah, I have like a team of animals and that's who I, um, you know, get all the guidance from most of the time. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was just so different for me. I'm like, I just want to go up to heaven. <laughs> right. <laughs> when we are journeying, she's like, go down the root of a tree. I'm like, I want to go the stairway to heaven. Like it's just because that's <laughs> how, how I developed. That's like my whole life's been like that. So that was the only like struggle I personally had with the, with the shamanic immersion program, but I learned how to like live in rhythm with the moon. I mean, there's so many beautiful things. And I noticed too, when I was checking out your LinkedIn, uh, your link tree on your um, Instagram account, you have a free download for like 10 power animals. And I'm just going to tell mm-hmm. people that because I get so many DMS on Instagram. I had an owl come in front of me. What does it mean? I had a blue Jay come in front of me. What does it mean? And so I'm going to point people to you. <laughs> and be like, like, yeah, no, that's talk. why I made it actually, you know, because like the way I live my life, um, is like, I, I mean, I know what a lot of them mean by now, but some of them I don't obviously. And like when I'm out in, you know, in general, if something crosses my path, I'm like, all right, Google, like, what does this mean? What is this trying to tell me? You know, because it's always accurate and it's always for a reason. Like there's no coincidences. hundred percent. Oh, I, okay. I have one more question I want to ask you about the shamanism stuff. Um, so in the shamanic immersion program I was in, we weren't allowed to get our own power animal. We had to journey for other people's power animals. And so everyone was going around the room and they got like wolf and bear and cougar and eagle, like all these awesome animals. And I was gifted ant. <laughs> so <laughs> That's interesting. My ego was so torn and she was like, that's exactly why we don't journey for ourselves or we would have 10 bears in this room, right? because your ego get kind of involved. So do you have any insight into ant? When when I'll tell you what I got from it first so that you can I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get like a free reading off you or anything. Oh no, it's totally fine. 
when I was like <laughs> gifted and it took me a few days to get over it for one thing. And then I actually started, okay, when I think of ant, I think of like community builder. I think of strength because ants are super strong. They can carry like 10 times their body weight. They wear all black. I wear all black all the time. I'm like trying to think of like all the really <laughs> positive traits and aspects of ant. But what do you think about ant? Um, so usually I guess like from what I know, like the ant is the symbol of strength and willpower, um, and determination because you know, like how determined they are, um, but also sacrifice and loyalty. And, um, you know, even though they're very small, they possess, you know, like this enormous strength. Like I forget what it is, but it's like ants can lift like something like not a million but you know like 100 times more than them mm. um so i think also it reminds you that like nothing comes easy in life without putting an effort um but yeah i've never actually heard anyone having the ant so that's really interesting i know i was like i, I don't know if it would make it on your power animal list <laughs> it didn't because i only did some like the most common in my opinion and i have never heard anyone having it but i know well even when you <laughs> bullet there's like nothing the only reference to ant is i have this indigenous this first nations um i'm sure you've seen this deck it's the one with the blue with the yellow lightning strike on the back it's like a classic 70s animal um deck and they have an ant in there actually but that's the only time i've ever seen ant in there like i say i had a really hard time with it i was like hey you guys are all getting like these cool animals and i get ant but the more i think about <laughs> ant the more I am kind of like drawn to, and I'm five two, I'm little. So I'm like, I will take ants. I will take ant and run. Yeah. Animal. Um, And then the other thing. Oh, and also they, oh, sorry. No, no, you go. I was just going to say like, they also, it's kind of like looks are deceiving because even though they're so small, like they are so strong, um, you know, and they are hard workers. And I mean, I definitely think that it's, uh, it is in alignment with you because, you know, it's kind of like, if anyone ever judged you or thought like you weren't capable, it's like, all right, well, you know, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> like here, hold, hold my fizzy water. So I don't drink anymore. Yes. <laughs> hold my fizzy water. And then the other thing I wanted to ask about power animals. So I'm first nations Canadian. I'm, I'm swampy Cree first nations. And in a lot of our indigenous cultures, owl represents death. And so owl is like an omen. But I have never felt that. I have always felt owl as being mystical, as being like a bullshit seer. It can see like everything. So like what is your interpretation of owl? So yeah, I guess it just like depends, you know, like what school of thought you're from. But the owl is my main power animal. I don't know if you knew that. But um, so I do have like a huge connection with it and it's the one I know the most. But so I would say it's definitely a good omen because it's like my number one guide. And um, yeah, the owl sees through the darkness and, um, you know, it sees what other people can't see. And like you said, it sees through the bullshit. Um, it goes like right to the core of the problem. And also they're always like watching from this like higher perspective. And, you know, like when they swoop down to get like a mouse or whatever they're going to eat. Um, you know, it's like a quick, like strategic swoop down. Like, it's not like they're staying down there. It's not like they're fighting to kill the animal. It's just like a quick thing. Um, so yeah. And also obviously like very wise and, um, yeah, I would definitely say it's like an amazing, um, animal to have. And to me, it's definitely not an omen. 
Yeah, I, I thank you. I'm really glad that we got this recorded because I do get maybe a message a month about owl alone. So anyone who's <laughs> going to DM me about animals, I'm going to send them to your Instagram and you have that free download. I think people will really like. Um, and I will show you because we were supposed to meet in Vancouver next month. Um, but of course that with coronavirus, that's not going to happen now. Um, but hopefully we will get to meet soon. I was just knowing because I was opening up my June schedule and I was like, oh yeah, Marielle was supposed to be coming. <laughs> and, uh, I have a beautiful owl wing I will show you. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'm hopefully going to come in August or September if everything is, if I'm allowed to get into the country. 100%. And the second you come, I will be here waiting for you. I can't wait to meet you. I'm so glad that I got you on this podcast. So if you want to just maybe wrap it up with how people can connect with you, how people can work with you and wherever you want to direct people um, to keep in touch with you. Okay. Yeah. And actually just quickly going back to the power animal, I just did a podcast episode on what power animals are and how you can like figure out what, who like like which animal you have in one of my podcasts. So if you guys want to like go there, cause that would be like even more information that's free. Um, so yeah, you can find me on the podcast, which is sacred souls podcast. My website is always intuitive.com with two L's and same for my Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, I mean, I, you could book one-on-one -on -one sessions through there and, um, I mean, I'll be doing more, um, ceremonies and like in-person stuff once everything is like back to normal. But for now, just virtually we can connect. Yeah. I saw that you did the virtual ceremonies too. That's awesome. Very cool. And I'll have links in the show notes for all of this for everybody. So thank you, Marielle, for coming on to Spirit School and sharing your journey. It was so great to chat with you. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me.